Welcome to the Move Podcast, a young adult movement out of Bethel, Cleveland, where we focus on the move of God within our lives. I pray that you are awakened and inspired by the Lord and that He moves powerfully in and through your lives for such a time as this. Awesome, awesome. They could give it up for Angela and MJ. They did amazing. I'm going to come down here with you guys tonight. Oh, it's so good to see you guys and be back. Uh, MJ and I were gone in Georgia last month. Um, thank you. A huge shout out to all the leaders, but especially Stacy and Josh and Chris Barth for holding down the house. Yeah, we can give it up for them. They're awesome. Have you ever uh, lost something and you've been so bummed about it and then you find it and you're just ecstatic? I, uh, this is a Bible that a spiritual father gave to me and I've been blessed to take it all around the world with me. And it's been lost for like a month and a half and I just found it tonight. So I'm super excited. <laughs> um, had, to sh- had to share that. So I wanna talk tonight a little bit about, um, honestly, a process that the Lord has been taking me through. Uh, I love the saying, real recognizes real. Um, I never want to preach something that I haven't walked through, that I haven't learned, that I haven't gone through myself. Um, I don't want to speak to you like someone who has it all figured out or like I know all the answers because I don't. I want to speak to you as a friend, as a brother who's on that journey with you who's in the trenches, who's maybe been through something you're going through or maybe am going through something you're going through or will go through. So I hope when you, you hear me, you're like, wow, Ryan doesn't have it all together. He doesn't have it all figured out, but he's on the journey as you are. I remember when I first got saved, I was 21. I was going to BGSU. I loved the party. I put my hope in drinking and who liked me and how I looked and how much I benched. You know, Mark. And uh, that, that was my identity. That was my hope. And every new thing you get, it's like fleeting. It comes and it goes. It's temporary happiness. But then you're deeper into a hole. You feel emptier. You feel shallower. You feel like, who am I? And what am I living for? And what is this life about? Have you guys ever felt like that? Maybe some of you feel like that tonight. And you strolled in here. Maybe you heard about it or someone invited you or you used to come to church here a long time ago. But you came here looking for hope. I remember I had a thought when my grandma used to take me to church every Sunday and I had to go. I said, there's churches all around the world The Bible is the number one most sold book in the whole world. But if God's really real, I want to find him for myself. I don't want to just find him because someone speaks from a pulpit talking about how he's moved or done this or done that. And I don't even want to find him because a book talks about it. I want to find him if he's real for me. So that when I look people in the eye and I look people in the face and I say that there's a living hope up there and out there, that I know it and I've experienced it. But that doesn't mean life 
is easy. That doesn't mean life doesn't hit hard. That doesn't mean we don't go through battles and we don't go through things. But what it does mean is that we have a father. We have a savior. We have a Holy Spirit that goes with us wherever we go. And that when we fall down and when we feel like we're alone and when we feel lost and scared and sad, that we have a God that picks us up when we fall that reminds us who we are and whose we are. And we're, when we're reminded who he is, we're awakened to who we are. Yeah. We're awakened and reminded to, from why he's created us, that we have a purpose, even when we make mistakes. So wherever you're at tonight, wherever you came, maybe you came here tonight because you like a girl that invited you. That's how God got me. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to get us. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it wasn't MJ, but, but I'm thankful he had MJ waiting. It's a process, you know? <laughs> I had to go through. I'm actually preaching on that tonight, and you didn't know that, yeah. Oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> All right. So, Father, I thank you, God. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for these awesome people, whether I know them or I don't, that you led them here tonight, that they chose to be here. They could be anywhere else on a Friday night, but that yet they chose to come to experience and seek you. And God, it says that you are a rewarder of, the, uh, are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you, God. So Father, I pray that you would speak to us tonight, myself included, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would open our hearts to your truth and to your love. I thank you, God, for how you encountered our hearts through worship. But I thank you that it's not over yet. So meet us tonight. I pray friends can be formed, maybe even boyfriend and girlfriends, and maybe even husbands and wives, if that's your will. But I pray that people wouldn't leave here feeling alone that they've met someone that they feel encouraged by, but most of all, they experienced their father and their savior who loves them and is with them through the fire, through the trials. You are the refiner that never gives up on us. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's a statement uh, that I like to say a lot or I like to think about a lot that I just wanted to ask if you've ever heard or if you, if you believe in. It says this, God takes us through the fire, but he brings us out brighter. God takes us through the fire, but he brings us out brighter. What do you think that means? What does that mean for you in your life? Maybe a better way to say it is God leads us through the fire and he brings us out brighter. He doesn't cause the fire, Michael, he, but he leads us through the trials of life, the pain of life the struggles of life, whatever that fire is for you. Maybe it's an, addic an addiction. Maybe you're, you're dating someone in your life that you know isn't best for you, but for whatever reason, you can't let go. 
Maybe it's past mistakes. Maybe it's a job that you don't want to be at. Maybe it's a gambling problem. I don't know what it is for you, but I do know you're not alone in whatever struggle you're facing. You know, I pray things a lot like this that says, um, God, Lord, mold me. Lord, grow me. Lord, shape me. Lord, break me. Lord, build me into the man that you've created me to be. Lord, burn off everything in me that's not of you. Lord, purify me. Have you ever prayed anything like that? We've been saying about it tonight, Lord, um, that make me undone in your presence. And those are all like good prayers. I'm not discouraging you for those, from those prayers. Those are things I pray. But you ever hear that saying, be careful what you ask for? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 just hear about this. Like, I'm praying, Lord, break me. Lord, burn off anything that is not of you. I mean, could you imagine if Jack just came up with a lighter and started burning me? Like, that would hurt, right? I'd be like, Jack, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> like, 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 imagine, Lord, mold me, grow me. Like, do you remember when you were a kid and you had growing pains? Like, I remember laying in bed and like, man, Josh is really tall and Chris, they had a lot of growing pains. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> you sit there, all right, man. <laughs> But man, sometimes I think we have spiritual growing, growing pains. <laughs> I think I'm, ho hopefully I can say this, we have, MJ and I have marriage growing pains. Like, like you, have, you have growing pains in your job and your relationships. Like when you get a puppy, that puppy's cute, but there is growing pains in teaching that puppy or cat, you know, like where to go potty, not to eat the Christmas tree, you know, things like that, you know? I mean, you know, the cat, cat lovers in the house. There's growing pains in life. As my grandma or grandpa would say, when they get their new iPhone and they don't know how to use it at all, there's growing pains. Or maybe there's growing pains for me when they're calling me, asking me how to help them. Love you, Graham. I know you listen to these, so. <laughs> when I pray these prayers, I mean them. But sometimes when I'm going through the fire and things are happening, that I don't believe God causes, but God allows. Make that clear distinction. I don't believe God causes, but God allows. They're not always fun. When I feel broken, that doesn't feel good. Right, Jojo? When we're doing that ab workout at like six in the morning, and man, the abs, we literally feel broken. <laughs> I'm mad at you that you made me get up this early and you're mad at me taking, me through, taking you through that ab workout. <laughs> it's like, can we just work out at seven, please? 7.30, why so early? Love you, bro. <laughs> but when we're going through it, whatever that looks like, it doesn't always feel good. But do we trust the potter? And do we trust that we're the clay and he, he sees the picture that we might be th at this point in the story, but he knows what the end of the movie looks like. So that's what I want to talk to you about. 
And I want to talk to you a little bit about my process and my journey. Let me read this. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. What does it say? A living hope. A living hope that's alive right now, right here. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That means my old life, my past life, the sins that used to hold me down. Don't let anyone tell you that you're a sinner saved by grace. That's who you used to be. We are children saved by grace now. Yet we might sin, I know I do, but those sins don't define us anymore. We look to the future, we look to the hope, we look to who Christ created us to be post-resurrection, not before resurrection. When they say you're a sinner changed by grace, you just look at them and say, in love, that might be who you are, but I'm a saint saved by grace. I'm a son saved by grace. I'm a daughter saved by grace. Because that's who you are now. You don't talk to someone and tell them who they used to be. You look in their eyes and see who they are and who God's created them to be. So it says, the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. The inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Verse five, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little, while you may have had to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. And here it is, verse seven. These have come, these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Can I read that verse one more time? Just that, that's verse seven. These have come. What has come? Trials, hardship, persecution, suffering, mistakes, pain, sadness. These have come so that the proven genuineness, which is realness, which is, um, it, it, it's wide, it's thick, it's deep, it's tangible. It might bend, but it won't break. The genuineness, the authenticity of your faith of greater worth than gold. That's like greater worth than Bitcoin, Mark. Like, like that's greater worth than, than the stocks, than Tesla, than anything, Apple, than Amazon. Greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire. May result and praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And I'd like to add, when Jesus Christ is revealed through the fire, through the refining, through the growth, through the hard conversations, through the hard work, through the prayers that you might have with that person that you have that conflict with, 
It's, it's like, Tom, when you're looking your son in the eye and you're trying to teach him that lesson that you so want him to get. It's through those conversations, through that, those prayers, those work, that pain, how he moves and how you rejoice when he gets it. I don't know about you, but this life can be hard. Sometimes when we get saved and we ask Jesus into our hearts and then, you know, we get baptized and I mean, I love baptizing people, but I always tell them after. I say, hey, I don't want to tell you this. I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I don't want to tell you this to scare you, but to prepare you, life isn't going to be all butterflies and roses now. In some ways, you're, it's going to get harder because now the enemy is scared of you. Because when you figure out who you are and whose you are and why you're alive, when you know your purpose and the one who called you and awakened you and you stop living for the things you used to live for, now you're dangerous. Maybe Baker was onto something when he said it. You know, Brown's quarterback said he woke up feeling dangerous. You know what I'm talking about, Tom. But when you're alive with a mission and you know where you're going, you're not going to let these other things distract you and stop you. But it doesn't mean it's easy. Usually anything or anyone worth fighting for means it's going to be hard, Emma. To change a culture, to change a city, to change an environment, it's going to be hard. It's going to take prayers. It's going to take resilience. It's going to, you're going to face adversity. To break chains from your past in Jesus' name doesn't always just happen with a prayer. It happens with praying and praying and praying and hard work and conversations and maybe counseling and doing things that have never done, been done in your family line to break those things. Guys, like, this, this life is a fight. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I love my family, but I don't want to be my family. I want to be me. Are we learning from our family's mistakes? Are we living different? There's probably some things about your mom and your dad that you want to be like, and there's probably some things that you don't want to be like. You know, in the, in the words of Master Yoda from Star Wars, failures and mistakes can be the best teachers. And that's not just our failures and mistakes, but we can learn from others' failures and mistakes. Our families, our friends, Maybe that's why it's so important to not keep things hidden, but to share things in the light so that we can encourage each other, but also learn from each other. You know, I remember a couple years ago, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, hiding the sin is just as bad or even worse than doing the sin. Now, we need to use wisdom. It's not meant, what does it mean we're supposed to go on Facebook and be like, boo, 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 da, 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 and, you know, share everything. You know, we need to use wisdom, who we share things with. 
We need to make sure we can trust them and you know, they're not gonna then go on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or TikTok. <laughs> but do we have people? Jesus had three. He had 12, he had 72. Do we have people that we can take what is hidden and bring it into the light? I remember I was uh, living with someone and I couldn't not share something that happened in his house because it was so dishonoring to him. And I felt like if I hid it from him, that was the same form as lying to him. And it was one of the most humbling things I had to share with him, but I had to bring it into light. And then it happened again, and I had to share it with him again. But you know what? I said I could not keep this hidden because my mentor would always say, where the trash is, the rats will come. The trash is our sin. I mean, I don't know about you, but if, like, if, if, if MJ and I miss garbage day, like our whole our garage, like, it's dank. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like taking it over my mom's. Like, mom, can I bring some garbage over to your house? Like, I cut the grass, and I don't know why, but I like to bag it. And so I'll throw, you know, we, I did this the other day, and our grass was so long. And I got like, I had like four big bags in my garbage can. I couldn't fit anymore. It reeked. And then I was out of town, so I'm like, MJ, please don't forget the garbage day. <laughs> But I had to take garbage over to my mom's because I'm like, I don't want that garbage in my house. It smells and it literally attracts things and it's starting with an odor that I don't want. The same thing is true in our souls and in our hearts. So when the purifying fire of God comes, you know, I think about this sometimes. Who's got surgery before in a hospital? Who's been, um, who's been, who's had uh, anesthesia, anesthesia, anesthesia? I have. When you wake up, you're like out of it, right? Like they, they could have like given me a tattoo on my back and I wouldn't even have known it. Like, like you are out of it. Like you have no idea what happened. Like when I woke up from getting my wisdom teeth take, taken out, I didn't even know they were taken out yet. <laughs> I was like, did you start yet? And they're like, we're done. I was like, say what? Like, we trust people called surgeons that we don't even know to cut us open to put us to sleep and literally do things to our body that we hope helps. But sometimes why don't I trust my God, who's the ultimate healer and surgeon, to cut me open in ways to heal things that my soul or heart needs to get healed. We go to people that we don't even know because they're called doctors. I'm not against doctors, hear my heart. I'm just saying, why when the fire happens and the trials come, and I know that God is working and moving and shaping and molding me, do I say, God, why? Why is this happening? What are you doing? Why did these people say that? Why did I make this mistake? Do I trust that he has us 
And he has you and he has me in a process and in a journey. And that as the good doctor and healer and surgeon that he is, he's working on us, he's molding us, and he's growing us. When I'm going through the storm, I cling to this verse as my anchor and as my hope. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and the good of those who've been called according to his purpose. That when I'm going through the storm, when I'm going through the pain, when I'm going through the shame, I, sit, I literally cry out to, with this verse and say, God, I don't know how, but I know some way, somehow, you're gonna work through this. You're gonna work through this to, for, for my good and your glory. When, someone once told me, when we can't see the hand of God, trust the heart of God. When you can't see the hand of God, trust the character of God. When a shooting happens at a school, and precious children, you know, when you start having kids, you start thinking about this stuff. Even though it's in Texas, it hits home. Why, God? In my own heart, God, I know you stop things, bad things from happening every day that we don't know about. I know you do, but why this? Why in elementary school? Why? I don't have the answers, but I do know God is good. And I do know God somehow, some way will work through it for the good of those who believe in him and trust him in his glory, because that's what he does. Someone challenged me once when I, when I was struggling with this question, why? Why do bad things happen? He said, you're trusting and you're relying on the sovereignty of God over the goodness of God. He's like, I would rather trust and believe that God is good over God who's sovereign if I had to pick one. And that's what I lean on. And that's what I depend on when we're going through the trials and when we're going through the fire, that he will work through it for our good and his glory. Not this, that this compares at all, but I was driving to North Carolina last weekend. Uh, I DJ weddings. So when you get married, hit me up. Um, <laughs> I, um, I have my own business. Um, Daniel's amazing photographer and videographer as well. So is Jojo. So, and Mel. So hit them up. Um, maybe there's more. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I was driving to North Carolina and I, um, this was a friend that I did the world race with. Uh, it's, a, it's a mission trip, 11 countries in 11 months. And uh, I, I was leaving Sunday morning. I was meant to get there at two o'clock. The wedding was at five. And have you ever gone somewhere where you just feel like something bad's gonna happen? There was like a knot in my stomach. Like I had this feeling that something was gonna happen, Jonathan, and I'm praying against it. I'm worshiping in the car. You know, I'm like, I, I just renounced this feeling or this thought or this lie, but I just couldn't shake it. 
So I'm making great time. I, I'm, I'm scheduled to be there too. Give me three hours set up. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm worshiping. I'm praying against this. And out of nowhere, a big piece of metal falls out of a truck and nails my car. And it, right away it goes boom, boom, boom. And literally, like right away, I go, no. I'm like, Jesus, no. And I started like crying out to him. And I know this might sound petty and I didn't care about the car or the money, but I'm like, I cannot mess up my friend's wedding. Like I'm the DJ, like. And so I start, I get out of the car. There's a size of like a softball, a hole of a softball in my tire. And it's on the side of the highway. So it's the tire like near where the cars are coming. My car, my, my, our CRV is filled with my DJ equipment. So it's gonna like, it, you know, I gotta take stuff out to get to the spare. And you know, it's been a minute since I changed the tire. I'm not gonna lie. Like I could get it done. It'd probably take me an hour, you know? And um, so I'm just like crying out to God, like, God, what am I gonna do? I remember like, getting behind my car and just, just literally crying, like being desperate for him. I can't Google this one, right? And so I call MJ, I call my father-in-law. I'm like, am I in AAA? And we're like trying to figure out what to do. It's Sunday, so like all the mechanic shops are closed near me and I'm, I'm somewhere in, in Tennessee. And um, I hang up the phone and I just say, God help. And I see this guy walking from a distance. And my first thought is like, he's homeless. Like, he's a hitchhiker. And, um, you know, that was just my first thought, like, and I was like, all right, like, so he's walk, cause he's walking and there's no car in sight. And so he gets a little closer and I see this thing shining from his neck and it's a gold necklace, a gold cross necklace. And, um, so I get out of the car and he's like, um, he's Russian and he says, Hey, uh, with an accent, have you, have you seen a piece of metal in the road? And I said, yeah, I ran over it. And so did these three other cars, you know? Um, and he's like, you know, he looked at my tire and, um, and he's like, okay, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me, let me go get the piece of metal out of the road first. And I said, okay, that's probably good. And so, you know, I always want to be trusting, but you know, you got to be careful when you meet people out of nowhere. And, but at this point, I'm just like, what do I have to lose? I mean, I had a lot to lose, actually. I had a, equipment, a, a very, a lot of expensive equipment in a car, a wife and a son at home. But at this point, I'm just focused on getting to this wedding. Um, and he ended up helping me fix the tire. Uh, we're on the, trying to get the last lug nut off. And I mean, it was scary, like being next to the highway. And I mean, we're just drenched in sweat and so we get this tire changed and then I'm still three hours away from the wedding. You're only supposed to drive 60 miles on a spare. I'm 178 miles away from my destination. And again, it's Sunday, so nothing's open. So then a guy stops by out of nowhere, a different guy, and he says, hey, there's a Walmart 10 minutes away. So I'm calling Walmart, trying to see if their, auto, if their you know, automotive department's open and not getting any hold of anyone. So I finally get to Walmart. I go in, you know, I, I, I tell a mechanic my story. Uh, what happened? I'm just begging him. I'm like, I need to get to, you know, uh, North Carolina. He's like, well, there's seven people in front of you. And, and I'm like, please, like, can I, I, I'll be late. I'll miss it. 
And he's like, all right, we'll go talk to this person. So I talk to this person, tell them the whole story, begging them. I mean, everyone can hear me in the waiting room. I mean, all the mechanics are like looking at me now. You know, I'm just like desperate for help. So then they call their manager. And I, again, third time, tell them my story. And I'm pleading with them. And he's like, I'm sorry, sir. There's seven people in front of you. We can maybe bump you in front of two, but we, we can't bump you in front of these people. And I'm like, please, I will go and talk to every single one of them and beg them. <laughs> like, Because all I was thinking about was my friend who's getting married and not wanting to ruin her day. So the guy says, come, come follow me. And I'm talking to him. I'm like praying for all these people. I'm just like praying to God out. At this point, I don't care what people think. That's how desperate I am for God and for help. And finally, a mechanic says, hey, just slip him in here real quick. We'll get him fixed. I think they just wanted to get me out because I was making a scene. And then this sweet older lady said, did I just get bumped? Did, my, did I lose my spot? And I was like, ma'am, ma'am, it's okay. And I told her my, my story again. And she's like, okay, sweetheart, give me a hug. Like, <laughs> go have a good day. I said, thank you. But, but I say that because my heart was open and I was desperate for God. And I was desperate for help. There was a boldness on me. Anyone who would help me or talk to me, I was praying for. I was like, Lord, bless them. You know, give them favor for Dimitri to come back to help me. And then he paid for my tire. I was like, Lord, bless him for his kindness. All the mechanics, bless him. I, I, I wasn't supposed to. I kind of repented for this afterwards. But I, I said to the mechanic who helped me, I'm like, can I give you a tip? And he's like, as long as it's not on camera. So I gave him like a, a, a $50 tip. And I was like, hey, bro, here you go. You know, <laughs> I kind of felt like I shouldn't have done it afterwards. But I was just very thankful for the help. Can you cut that out of the podcast? <laughs> no, in case Walmart's listening. But... <laughs> But my point is, when our hearts are open and when we're in circumstances that we know only God can help us, whether that's something serious with our job, with a relationship, with a family member, with a sickness, or even in this, it might sound comical, but it was serious to me. Because I don't know, have you ever ruined a wedding? Like, that would be a big thing to live with for the rest of your life. But I was desperate for God. And he says, those who hunger for righteousness, AKA those who hunger for me will be filled. Those who knock on the door, I will answer. Those who search for me, Chris, with all of your heart, then you will find me, he says. And I don't know about you, but I start to coast in life sometimes. You know, when you're in a hospital and, and the line's going across, it means you're, not, you're dead. But when there's an up and down, it means you have a heartbeat. And sometimes in the highs, the Lord meets us. And sometimes in the lows, when you're crying and when you're in pain and when you feel alone and you feel embarrassed and you feel, and you're humbled, that's when God meets you the most because he says, now you can hear me. Now you're actually making time for me to speak to you and to guide you. But why, even for us strong Christians, we go to the car and we worship the Lord and we sing to him, but do we, ever, do we ever just stop to listen to him and to be with him? 
I don't know about you, but even as a pastor, I don't always do that. And you can get away. You can forget the reason of your true love. You know, last month, if you were here, Pastor Steve came by and he shared that I took a, a month away from ministry. And you know, I always wanna be a leader um, that, that I'm real, that I'm authentic. I'm, I'm learning in my life uh, how to use wisdom in what I share because I'll pretty much tell anyone anything. <laughs> um, and um, especially when it involves other people, I need to realize if it's, you know, people always be like, well, that's my story. And I'm like, all right, well, are you the only one in the story? Well, no, this person or that person's in the story. I'm like, well, it's also their story. So do you have their permission to share that? <laughs> but I wanted to share that, you know, there's been some struggles from my past that I thought I was healed from, that I thought I'd conquered, that I thought were gone, that has crept up in my life. And so I want you to know, some of you reached out and, you know, I thank you for reaching out. Thank you for your prayers. I want you to know, uh, you know, I know when you hear things like that, your mind can go places and maybe think things are worse than they are and you wonder what it is. But I want you to know that I'm on a journey. And yeah, it's, it's been hard. Some things from my family you know, when you get married and you have kids and anytime you go into a new season of life, you face adversary, adversary, adversity um, that you haven't faced before. Or maybe you face different forms of adversity that you haven't faced before in your past. It's kind of like a video game, I think, sometimes. Like Josh, right? Big, big gamer. We beat level one. Right, we got level one, then we can go to level two, and then level three, and we think we got it, but then the bad guy from level one comes back with like five different friends, and you're like, I thought I already defeated that dude. Like, how many King Cobras are there in, you know, is that, was that his name, Cobra in uh, Mario Brothers? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that shows my age, right? That's what I played growing up. <laughs> Bowser, <laughs> King Cobra was, I think, G.I. Joe's. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but the point is, I want you to know that I'm not perfect, that I, I have struggles. This, the same advice that I try to give you as far as having people that can point you to God, that can call you up, that can call you higher, that can be honest and truthful and have brave communication with you. I have those same people in my life doing those things for me. And when we feel broken and when we feel like things, have you ever felt like you've conquered struggles or, you know, for maybe it's like you used to speed in your car all the time and then you're like, all right, I'm good, I'm good. And then you get pulled over and you're like, shoot. <laughs> have you ever felt like that in your life? I used to have really bad hamstrings when I played football. And now like I'm, we play, some of us are on a softball team and I stretch out a lot. And it, which makes me look and reminds me I'm like 10 years older than all the guys on the team. Me and Mark is going strong. Me, Mark, and Josh. <laughs> but it's like if I don't stretch those hamstrings, I'll be running and playing and they just pop. And sometimes they do. 
and it reminds me I might be healed from those hamstring injuries I had when I played football, but if I'm not careful and I forget about them, they can literally bite me in the butt. Like literally. <laughs> Get that? All right. But things can sneak up on us from our past. Just because you've been healed and delivered of being an alcoholic doesn't mean you should go hang out in bars. And sometimes we reach a point in our lives and we think, all right, I got that, I'm good. But then life circumstances happen. But it's in those moments, friends, that we need to remember the good father that we have. We need to remember that he's with us in the process. That we need to remember he uses, he uses, he allows hard things to happen to shape us, to mold us, to refine us because he's more focused on the end result than our temporarily happiness. Do you remember Meshach, uh, or uh, Meshach, Radshach, and Abednego? They were in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there we go. They were in the fire. But you know what? They weren't in the fire alone. And I wanna say this. This is, this is the word that I feel like the Lord has for us tonight. That you're not in the fire alone. That he's with you in the surgery. He's with you in the process. Whatever that obstacle is, and we all have them. And I pray that you do, each of you have someone that you can be honest with, that you know that you have a wingman. I just saw Top Gun 2 last night. <laughs> a wingman that will fly with you, that will ride with you, that will be there through thick and thin, that you can call crying, that you can call to share your darkest stuff with, that will know, that won't judge you, but will remind you who you are and whose you are and help you get back up. Because it's not how one falls down, Tom. It's how they get back up after they've fallen. Yeah. But I don't know about you. We need help being picked up by Jesus and by our friends and family. And especially when we're young adults. There's so much transition. There's so much change from jobs to relationships to life to finances. It's called the move because we want to be focused on the move of God. How is God moving? And today we're talking about how is God moving through the pain? How is God moving through the shame? He sees the final picture. Angel and Sabrina, when you guys are painting and drawing, you're focused on one piece of the painting, but they know the bigger picture of what they're painting. God knows the picture of our lives. And I... I remember I got robbed, and when I was in Guatemala, I went to uh, this prayer mountain in the morning and with a couple of friends, and we were, we were just about to pray, and I, and I was closed my eyes to pray, and I literally felt like I heard God say, turn around. And there was three men with masks on, ski masks on right behind us. And we, we, they, they, you know, tried, they robbed us and, um, but thankfully we were all, we were all okay. This is a crazy story. The, um, we all kind of scattered and it happened so fast, but it felt like we were in slow motion. But this guy was going after one of the girls and he was getting closer. And she says, I rebuke you in Jesus name. 
and he's getting closer and she's like, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And I'm like getting up and I'm trying to run towards her to help her. And she goes, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And the guy's like right here and he stops. And then he runs away. I don't even know if he understood her because I don't know if he spoke English. But there's power in the name of Jesus. But I remember being so upset with God and saying, God, we want to pray with you. I, I was a leader and I took people up there and we got jumped. Where were you? Why did this happen? Why did you protect me and us? And I felt like he said, God, he said, Ryan, ask me where I was. I said, what? You, what do you mean ask you where you were? Ask me where I was. And he reminded me, why did you turn around? Imagine what would have happened if I didn't turn around. Yeah, we got our stuff stolen, but everyone was safe. Yeah, you might have been through a terrible breakup, but you're still alive and you're still on your journey. Yeah, you might have been in a terrible accident or something terrible might have been done to you, but you're still here. You're still alive. And yes, we have scars. And we can look at those scars that all of us have. Physical scars, internal scars, emotional scars, even spiritual scars. And we can remember the pain that they caused or we can remember how God brought us through the pain. And the scars can remind us, Emma, that we're still here, that we're still alive, that we're still on this journey that we still have breath in our lungs and God is still forming us and shaping us and making us, Adam, into the men and the people that we're created to be, that you're created to be. Mistakes can be the hardest teachers, but God can use mistakes and failures and hardships to be the best teachers. Can I call Pablo and the band back up? The Lord has been using Isaiah 45.3 so much in my life recently. And it says this, I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel who summons and calls you by name. I'm gonna say that one more time. Danielle, if you could put that up. Isaiah 45.3. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in the secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. So I want you to remember these three things as we close. Number one, he will not give up on you. He will never give up on you. Philippians 1.6 says, be confident of this, that he being God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ, until the day that we're called home in heaven or until the day that he comes back, that he will not give up on you. You know, the story of the prodigal son, you know, the older son stayed with the dad and worked and, and, and felt like he was approved and loved by what he did. The younger son took all the dad's money, went and partied and lost it all. But you know, when the older, younger son left, 
He was still the father's son. Just because he used all the money and did drugs or whatever he did, he wasn't cut off from the being family. And the father ran to his son and welcomed him home way before his son could even repent and say he was sorry. I think someone today needs to hear that you're still part of the family. You're not defined by your past. You're defined by God's grace over your life. And you're defined by a father who loves you and says he'll never give up on you and he'll never give up on me. If we're called to forgive people 70 times seven, right, times, or seven times 70, whatever it is, imagine what, how he forgives us. Number two, he is with you in the fire. He is with you in the pain. He is with you in the shame. He's with you in the process. Whatever that process is, he's with you. Imagine the one person you love the most in this world, maybe you're sitting next to them. If you knew they were going through hardship, if you knew they were going through something, wouldn't you be with them in it? My wife always tells me and reminds me, Ryan, people don't need to hear advice. They need to know that you're with them, that they're not alone. And God says, he's with you in the fire, Adam. And he's faithful to bring you out of it. And lastly, his love will not end. His love will not fail because it endures, endures all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, and it's a love that doesn't end. And when we're in the fire, and when we feel alone, and when we feel abandoned, and when we feel like we've done something that is unredeemable, that's when we gotta remember that he's with us that his love doesn't give up on us. And his love won't give up on you. So I asked Pablo to lead this song because I feel like it's been kind of a song that has been an anthem for me in the season that I'm in. That when there's crushing, that when there's breaking, something new comes out of it. Jesus even said that where, where there's death, new life is born. That when things die in us, something new is created in us. That through the pressing, through the crushing, new wine and new life is born. So wherever you're at tonight, whatever you're going through, whether it's been some hardship that you've had to endure, whether it's been something that you've done or something that you can't break or a label that you feel like is on you that you don't want, all I'm saying is this, you're not alone. Your pastor is also going through that and your savior also went through that. 
he faced every sin, it says, that we face. Yet he was not sin. Yet he didn't participate in that sin, but he faced them. So he can sympathize and comfort and be with us through the war, through the battle, through the struggle, and through the pain. Will you pray with me? Leaders, you can come up front as well, please. God, I thank you, Father. I'm scared to pray this, God, but I thank you for mistakes. I thank you for humbling us, God, and helping us, God. I thank you for bringing light into darkness. And I even thank you for heavenly surgery in ways that you know we need it. That it might feel painful at first, but you know the process of what you're doing. You're focused on the end result. God, I thank you that you were with us in the car. I thank you that you were with us in the mountain. I thank you that you were with us in the phone call when our hearts got broken. I thank you that you're with us when we get that bill that we don't know how to pay. I thank you that you're with us in the struggle of this life. And that somehow, some way, you work through the pain, you work through the shame, work through the bad things that happen for our good and your glory and we say when we can't see you or feel you we trust in you and we hope in you that you are real and that you are good and that your love never ever gives up on us God, if anyone's here tonight feeling alone, remind them who you are. Remind them who they are. And let them know that you're with them in the fire that they're facing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for kicking it with us today. The Move Podcast. If you love the message, we've got more episodes on the way. If you're looking for more ways to get involved, meet us in person the first Friday of every month at our Bethel Cleveland Brunswick campus. Cleveland, Ohio. Also, for more information, follow us on social media at Bethel CLEYA. C-L-E-Y-A. to stay updated with our latest events, young adult worship nights, and more. Or check out our website, BethelCleveland.com slash young adults.